0: So I don't know what you guys did during your fall break, but I had the opportunity to wake up at 5.30 a.m. on Thursday morning of fall break and load up in a van with 11 students and drive up to San Francisco. By the way, that is not a picture of 5.30 a.m. because no college student smiled at 5.30 (laughs) a.m. This was a little bit later in the day. So 5.30 a.m., we load up in a van and we drove up to San Francisco to go on a mission trip during fall break. And we got the chance that evening to uh, go experience some Fisherman's Wharf and some some great food down there. The next day, we went to a um, service organization called Open Hands that does some really, really cool work there. They actually provide healthy meals for people who are seriously ill and for the elderly. And we spent uh, probably about six hours there and helping them there in that that organization, doing some service. And then we jumped in our van and we zipped across town and we went to uh, work at uh, Lutheran Church of the Holy Spirit where a couple of our alum, our youth ministers there. And every Friday, they have about 80 to 100-some uh, Chinese youth that show up. It's a, it's a Chinese ministry there, and they're middle school and high school kids, and a lot of them don't come from Christian homes. So we had this awesome, awesome opportunity that we were able to uh, speak the gospel into their lives. And so then uh, the next morning, we, after we actually had a very interesting breakfast of dim sum, chicken feet, and donuts... We jumped in our van again and we drove across town to Chinatown where we got an opportunity to go on a very interesting walking tour of the alleys of Chinatown and we got to learn a little bit more about the history and the culture and the brokenness that goes on there. It was about noon when that tour uh, finished up and we were all pretty tired and we were actually going to be driving back down to uh, the O.C., So we went back to our van in the parking garage and were greeted with this. It was a smash and grab. Three students' backpacks were stolen. Collectively, besides homework and uh, textbooks, there was two iPads, a laptop, and a wallet. And when we went to the local police station there to report what had happened, uh, we were told that they get about 40 of these reports a week. And the officer on deck somewhat cynically told us, that's just life in the city. Why? Why did that have to happen to us? Why did that have to go on at the end of such a great experience? We had a wonderful time in San Francisco. We went to go do some service up there. We went to go share the gospel with kids who've never heard the gospel before. And then this was how our trip had to end. Why do we have to face that evil of someone smashing and grabbing our stuff out of the van? Why is it that Noah and Maddie and Abby had to have their backpacks stolen to suffer that loss? Why? That's the perennial question, isn't it? That's one of the biggest questions that we get when we ask the question, if you could ask God any question, what would it be? That deals with the issue of suffering and pain and evil in our lives. Now, honestly, maybe this isn't the best example. Maybe this is just minuscule compared to other examples of suffering and pain and evil that go on in the world. For example, why did my my wife's first pregnancy have to end in a miscarriage? Why did my mom not just get cancer once, but twice? Or why did Concordia Lum, Tyler Stewart, while serving as a Flagstaff police officer last December, why was he shot and killed in the line of duty? Or why was senior Allie Walsh two days later, why did she die in a fiery car crash while visiting her folks back in Massachusetts? Or how about these questions? That we collected from some of the students. Why is my mom sick? Why did you take my dad so soon? Why did my close friend die in a motorcycle accident? Why did that happen? Why is he gone? Why did God take him? Why? 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 Thousands of pages, by the way, have been written Thousands of pages have been written to answer this question from an intellectual point of view. But this question is not just a head question, it's also a heart question, because it's personal. And to be very honest with you and very transparent, I don't know the answers as to why. I don't know why our van was robbed. I don't know why my wife went through a miscarriage. I don't know why my mom got cancer twice. I don't know why that Tyler and Allie died when they did or why they did. I don't know why this person's friend died in a motorcycle accident. I don't know why this person's dad died so soon. And I don't know why this person's mom is sick. And you know what? when we cry out our why questions to the heavens, more often than not, the response that we get is the echo of our own cry coming back to us. And that leads some people to think that maybe God just doesn't care. Or maybe he doesn't exist Altogether, six years ago, I found myself in a chapel, a very small chapel, but it was packed to the rafters with people your age. In fact, people your age were were even going out the door, the front door of the chapel and, and trying to listen in with what was going on. You see the occasion was the funeral of one of my youth ministry kids, Kevin. No longer a kid, but a young adult who died in his own fiery motorcycle accident on the 10 freeway just outside of Santa Monica. And so I was up front, and I was leading this funeral, and I had to face the grieving mass of young adults there, and as I spoke to them, I said this. Your own why question surrounding Kevin's death echo the why question of another man when he was dying. And that other man was Jesus. And not just a man, but God himself, who on the cross said, My God! My God, why? Why? Why do you forsake me? And our why questions of suffering? Why cancer? Why evil? Why death? Find their answer in God's why question from the cross. Because we're told that the cross is where God reveals himself to us. Not in a place of power, but in a place of weakness. A place where he goes to identify with humanity's pain. A place where he goes to identify with your pain, with your suffering with your own experience of evil in your life. It's a place where God answers the why question not with a philosophical treaty. Rather, God answers the question with his own suffering and death for you. Where God says, this is the place where I show to you that I deeply care for you. This is a place where I go, and it's a bizarre place to show to you that I truly exist. You know, Kevin's funeral, ironically, occurred two weeks after Easter. And Easter is the time when Christians celebrate God's defeat of death. It's a time of hope. It's a place of hope. It's a place where we realize that death and suffering and pain and evil don't have to have the last say in our lives. It's a place where we realize that in Jesus, that our own deaths don't have to be the final, the end, followed by the rolling of the credits of our life story. Because in the resurrection of Jesus, the rolling of those life credits transition into the opening scene of a new life in him. But in the meantime, we live in the tension. On the one hand, we need to hold on to the crucified Jesus. Because that's the place where God has identified himself with us in our suffering and pain. And that's to bring us comfort. That God is there in the midst of that. And on the other side, we hold on to the hope in the resurrected Jesus, knowing that our wise will turn into winds. That when Christ comes again, suffering, pain, death, evil will be no more. Let's pray.